Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Courageous Beauty Podcast. I am your host, Crystal. Thank you so much for tuning in today. So I just want to let you know um, that uh, you may hear some background noise because I'm with my husband. He's eating dinner. So, hey, this is real life. (laughs) So anyway, um, the topic that we're going to talk about today is model prayer and uh, the, the subject. Well, the topic is model prayer. But what I really want you to know about model prayer is that you have more power on your knees, right? And so the topic today is you have more power on your knees. And what made this happen for me? I literally wasn't even thinking about it. Um, I was watching a video on Instagram about a ram fighting a rhino, right? And literally it was about four rhinos. And it was so amazing that the ram was able to outpower this large animal, right? Rhinos are huge. Rams are huge too, but the rhinos were much bigger. And it was only one ram. And like I said, it was at least four rhinos. And I saw the ram back up and get on its knees, something I've never seen before, to have more stability, right? To have more stabilizing power, to literally live up to its name, to ram ahead and defeat the rhinos. And they actually ran off. And it was impressive to me. And I, I, you know, I don't know a whole bunch about animals, but Yet again, like I said, I've never seen a ram get on his knees and just ram his head up and he defeated the rhinos, right? So it made me think about when we were facing opposition, it would seem likely to want to always put up a fight. And and of course, there's a time and a season for all of that. But when we get on our knees and we surrender to God, he fights for us, right? We don't even have to defend ourselves. No, we have to we have to acknowledge God in all our ways and he will direct our path. We we first seek the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things should be added unto us. Well, what things? Anything you need that lines up with God's will for your life, whether it's peace in a storm, power to overcome, whether it's joy from mourning, comfort from sorrow, healing from pain, provision in the wilderness and protection in battles. We must remember we serve a God that is all powerful and he will leave the 99 to go get the one. Therefore, if we seek him with our whole heart and have a relationship with God as our heavenly father, he will give us the desires of our heart and he puts his investment in us, which is his word. Therefore, he will protect his investment. For example, just like if you put money or you would consider your most prized possession and you would expect the return, right? You put money, put an investment into something. You want something in return from that. So, so does God. When he, when he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for our sins, we were bought with a price. In exchange for our sins, he cleansed us and made us well, made us whole, right? Therefore, the return on the investment that God expects is really our reasonable service for us to present our bodies a living sacrifice and whatever area that looks like for his namesake. Now, remember, the wages of sin is death. And since we're spared, the least we can do is tell other folks about God saving us, cleaning us up and setting us free. You can also tell folks how God came to your rescue. Everyone has a story that could have be could have went a different way. Right. But God's grace, mercy, and his protection saw fit for it not to be so. Glory to God. I thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice and for fighting for me, for bridging the gap. You know, I I really thank you, Father God. Amen. Jesus himself prayed at at all the time. He would 
for a matter of fact, he would go off by himself away from the disciples and the, and the multitudes to pray. And that is what strengthened him. He taught the disciples how to pray, given a model and how to pray and to, mo and to model prayer, right? So not just to only say, pray this, but how to pray. And prayer itself in itself is constant and consistent if we desire to be able to stand in the midst of adversity when we have, to, when we have a solid foundation. A wise builder sits down and counts the cost of whatever is getting built, right? Therefore, we need God to be at the foundation of our lives so we can build wise. Our prayer time, you know, is, is what it costs to build our foundation. As tall as a building, a builder wants to make the building is how far he must dig down to be able to support the weight. Jesus prayed to God three times in the garden because he knew this time his time had come to fulfill his passion and not only having the burden of carrying his cross, but taking his last breath on it with our sin. So his time in prayer gave him power that he needed to endure. So prayer is not just something that you go to God and all your answers. I mean, all your answers are given to you immediately, but more importantly, all of your cares just vanish. That's not what prayer is. Now, I'm not telling you that God can't blink an eye or bat an eye at a problem. He can. But the point of it is for us to have sustaining power to endure what happened in this world, right? So the prayer in Matthew 6, 5 through 15 in King James, this is what Jesus was talking to him about. And it says, when thou prayest, he told him, he said, when thou prayest, thou shall not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. If that's your aim in prayer, you want to be all seen like you see people all the time. I'm not saying people don't have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit allows people to react. I mean, people react different ways to the Holy Spirit. I have witnessed my grandfather rolling around on the floor crying. That's how he praised God. Or he would laugh or, you know, and tears would be coming down his eyes because of the joy of the Lord. Some people jump up and down. So I'm not saying that what those people are doing is wrong, but you can tell the spirit by the spirit. And you can see when someone is putting on and when someone is not right. In this case, Jesus was saying, don't be, don't, when you pray, thou shall not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and, and in the corners of the street so that they may be seen by men. They're not doing it to glorify God. They're doing it to get the attention of people in this world. And Jesus said, verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So in other words, you're not going to get anything more than the attention that you're seeking, right? But thou, when they, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So in other words, this is a personal situation anyway. Why would you want to, you know, publicly invite everyone into your prayer time with God? Because that's the time where you can commune with him. He can sup with you and you can hear from him and he can hear from you. God already knows what you need anyway, but it's just a beautiful time and a beautiful experience to have one-on-one -on -one time with your father, right? So you don't necessarily need to bring someone else in. And now there's nothing wrong with group prayer. I encourage it. You know, you, we strengthen each other. But the point is, you don't always want to bring someone into your situation, right? And um, the, the key of it is God is saying, go into your closet, 
Go into, go into your secret place. Because why? Because God wants you to come before him naked anyway. He wants you to be, feel vulnerable in front of him. He don't need you to feel vulnerable in front of men in the sense of, you know, making them, bringing attention to yourself that way, right? He wants you to come before his throne of grace, right? So, and then when you do it in secret, God will reward you openly, right? But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. So it really doesn't take a whole lot to get a message to God. You can literally say, God, I repent. Help, Lord. All of those phrases and all those things that you're saying, those are prayers. Because really, prayer at this root is communication. That's literally what it is. It is communication to our Heavenly Father. And if you speak in tongues or have your heavenly language, that is language that only your spirit knows and communicates to God. Sometimes you may not even know what you're saying. And that's okay. And I think a lot of times that's really great to pray in the spirit because our flesh is weak and the enemy wants to try to tempt us and distract us. So it might be good that we don't even know what we're saying, right? Because then truthfully, God gets what we need and feeds us what we need by way of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, you don't have to say a whole bunch of words when you pray, oh, thee is thou as Father God. You don't have to be so eloquent and do all those things. Now, if that's how you talk, cool, right? But be, but pray wholeheartedly, right? You know, and, 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 you know, so that's what he's saying. They think they'll be heard from much speaking, but not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. See, you don't have to say a bunch because God already know what you need even before you ask. Now, after this manner, therefore pray ye. God, Jesus is saying, look, this is how you should pray. Our Father which art in heaven, you're giving honor to where God is. God is not here on earth dwelling here. His spirit is dwelling in us, but his throne is not here. He's in heaven. And it says, hallowed be thy name. Your name is holy. So you're in heaven. Your name is holy. And we're asking for thy kingdom to come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we want everything to happen on earth to resemble what's happening in heaven. Why? Because that is the place where we're going to be anyway, temporarily until a new heaven, new earth comes or holding place, we're not going to stay there. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And he gave it to us to have dominion over power, subdue it, multiply, be fruitful, all those things, right? This is where we shall be. But we want things in order. We want things to line up with the kingdom of God. And that's that's God's riches forevermore, his pleasures forevermore, his love, his peace, his joy, his healing, his mercy, his grace. You want all of those things, right? And, and, it, and, it, and we want it to mirror heaven. So when you go and pray... You don't just pray, hey, God, I need to pay my bill. I mean, you can if you want to, but wouldn't you just like a child go to your natural parent and say, hey, yo, mom, hey, yo, dad, that's not respectful, right? So we need to have respect for God too, right? And this is how you have power. You have power by going to your father humbly. And, 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 it, and it teaches you structure and it teaches you how to go to God so that you can also know how to act in the world. So you can have a model represented it for yourself. You have made, created structure in your life. So now you know how to talk in conversations. Now you know how to talk, you know, to someone else because you acknowledge who they are and you acknowledge the position that they're in and you give respect to where respect is due and honor where honor is due. But most importantly, you don't give God God's honor to man, Right. So after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, 
Hallowed be thy name, which just means holy be thy name. Your name is great. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We literally want what's in heaven to be done here, right? Give us this day our daily bread. So we're asking God to provide for us. He said, I will supply your need according to riches and glory through Christ Jesus, right? So he's already going to do it. But if we need, if we have a need, you can literally say, give us this day our daily bread. Bread is symbolic of provision, of the need being met for that day, right? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debaters. So in other words, all your sin, sin is debt. This is not talking just a physical debt in regards to like a bill you have. You could lump that in there if you wanted to, but I believe this is more speaking to the debts that you have from sin, right? You're asking God to forgive you first as simultaneously you forgive someone else, not contingent on if you give someone else. You don't get forgiveness unless you forgive. That's the bottom line, right? So as you're asking for forgiveness, you're asking God for it to pay your debts for yourself, but you have to do the same in return, right? And lead us not into temptation. God's not going to lead you into something that he isn't governing over, right? But Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. To be tempted by Satan 40 days and 40 nights. Why? Because God knew that he had a great feat, a great journey ahead of him. And he needed to prove to Satan, to show Satan that Jesus was not the first Adam that fell. It wasn't that God didn't believe that Jesus would fall. It wasn't that God didn't believe that Jesus had it in him. It was so that it could be an example, right? But this is saying Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So in other words, we're asking God, please, Lord, don't lead me into temptation. You know, allow the Holy Spirit to lead me out of those things that are vices for me. Remove the enemy's hand off of my life, right? Because that's evil. He is evil. Satan is evil. He is the opposite of God. God is good. And it says, for thine is the kingdom, right? The kingdom is God's. He is the ruler. He is the sole ruler. And it says, the, and the power and the glory forever, right? Amen. Now, so that is the manner in we should pray. Now, some people are really, I would say, super religious to the point where that is the only thing that they pray. And that's okay starting out if that's how you want to do it. But you want it to be personal, right? So an example prayer will be, Father God, I just come to you. I give you all the honor, all the praise. Thank you, Father God, for, for who you are in my life in Jesus' name. And God, I repent for my sins and my trespasses. And I ask that you allow me to continue to have grace and mercy to others. I forgive them anything that I've done wrong to someone else. God, I pray you forgive me and so forth and so on. And then you start praising him. It says, enter into my courts with praise and to, and, and to my gates with thanksgiving, right? So worship God before you start asking for something, right? Now, sometimes you just got to say help. That's a prayer. Sometimes you literally just got to say, God, help me. You may not even have the words, which the beauty about that is that the Holy Spirit make an intercession for us with groanings and moanings, which sounds like the Holy Spirit or literally just moaning and groaning because sometimes you have no idea what's wrong. Sometimes you don't know what's wrong with you and you need to just get to God. That's okay. God is not saying you have to have so much structure that you can't call on him out of your anguish, out of your turmoil, but it's just out of respect and reverence for God, how you approach him, right? Yet again, I use your 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 parents. 
You're not just going to go up them any kind of way. You're going to have respect for your parents. I would hope you would. Or you go to your boss. You're not going to have, you know, yo, man, I need this day off. You're not going to be tacky like that. So just how you would know, you know, right from wrong and you know how to be respectful. That much more for God. That much more for God. Right. And so verse 14 says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. We already covered that. But verse 15, we covered this, too says, but if you forgive not men, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. So forgiveness is contingent. It is conditional. It's conditioned on you forgiving first. Right? So you forgive, agree with the adversary quickly, make peace, make peace with your brother, right? Or your sister or whoever, make peace quickly. It, this ain't a time for pride, you know? Because you're trying to build up having power to overcome the cares of this world. You don't have time to worry about holding some alt against someone that did something to you. Because that's going to take away from your power. That's going to, Because guess what? If you have an alt with your brother, right? Or your sister. And you've been spending so much time in prayer. But yet, you're not letting go that part of this person that hurt you. That's diminishing the power that you have to go overcome, overcome your next hurdle. Because when it's time to face that hurdle, the enemy would love to put in your face. Yeah. Remember what your sister said? Remember what your brother said? Now you can't focus, pinpoint, laser being focused on what you need to focus on in your prayer. Or when you're in, when you're out of your private time with God and your private consecration for public demonstration in a sense of casting out a devil or praying for someone to be healed, you're, you have diminished the gifts of God. By focusing on something that doesn't even matter anymore. Because I guarantee you that person is getting sleep. So you might want to go ahead and let them go. Right? At this point. <laughs> now, Jesus taught the disciples during that time how to pray. But we ought to be his disciples as well. And if you accept that call, you should take heed of the model prayer. Jesus taught us how to humbly come to God and honor him and his name, giving God praise and worship and not just coming to him all dry and wanting only what is in his hands to provide. And I said this earlier, but it's in Psalm 100 verse four. We are told to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. When we come to God, we have so many reasons to thank him. Jesus is the greatest of all these reasons. Bringing thankfulness and praise to God is a way of worship to him, right? See, so we need to honor God before we ask for, of anything. God already knows what we need before we ask, but he, but he wants to communicate with us and he wants to be invited into our lives. Therefore, prayer is where our power resides. And if we would just tap into God, we will truly see the manifestation of who he is operating in our lives. Take Paul, for example. In in first uh first Corinthians two, chapter two, two through five, it says in the KJV, brethren, I and it says, and I brethren, when I come to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus, Jesus Christ, and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. 
that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So in other words, Paul was a man of prayer and so much so he would literally write letters to the churches while he was in prison messages and prayers paul had private consecration with god and had public demonstration so even though in his flesh he was trembling and he had fear coming to speak with them he had the power to do it because he sat with god and he prayed with god and he literally said i desire to know nothing among you so in other words this is business i don't have time to be worried about these different situations that's coming up because I can't allow you to distract me, even though I'm coming in weakness and I'm coming in fear and much trembling because it can be enticing and, and t intimidating to go and talk to people. But it says, when I came to you, he said, I came with, with, not with excellency of speech. So in other words, I'm not perfect. So I'm relying on this private time with God to give me the power that I need and the wisdom that I need to declare the, the testimony of God, right? So I can't be worried about what's going on and or what you think about me or what you done said about me. I, I can't be worried about that. I'm already, I'm already weak. I'm already in fear and much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. So it didn't really sound like all the time that I knew what I was talking about. But I came in the demonstration of the spirit of power. God is so awesome because he will take someone like Moses, who's had a stuttering problem and tell him to go speak to someone, go speak to Pharaoh, go speak to his people. He's like, God, you know, I, I can't really get my word. I, 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 I can't get my words out. And God's like, I know I created you. Well, if you don't feel comfortable, use Aaron. See what I'm saying? God's not going to allow you to skip out on something because you are in, you, you feel like you have imperfections. Your power is not in your flesh. So you're not subject to your flesh. Your flesh is subjected to the spirit of God. So if you go and you pray and you get into your closet, your secret place, he'll give you what you need to say in that very hour. So you don't have to worry about, oh, I'm afraid or oh, I'm this or oh, I'm that. It ain't really even about you anyway in regards to your, your what you think are flaws. You see what I'm saying? God made us imperfect because there's other people that may go through and you can be an example that even though you're still dealing with something, you can still make it through. Why? Because I have the power of God on the inside of me flowing like rivers of living water flowing up out of me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Right. So even though Paul was not a perfect man, he was even crucifying the Jews before he became as Saul, before God changed his name. You know, God would even change your name. He would change what people call you, how people look at you, what people do to you, what people say to you. People will look at you and be like, this is a totally different person. God can do it, but it's done by the power of prayer. You have more power on your knees. Right. You have more power on your knees. The more you pray, the more you get time with God, the more you start emulating him, the more you start just oozing out Holy Spirit. Right. That's what we want. That's what we have to stand on. And the reason why he said he didn't come with the speech of preaching and his his speech and his preaching wasn't with enticing words of man's wisdom. He said, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. So in other words, he's just a vessel being used by God. That's what we all are. We're just vessels used by God. I'm just this vessel that God can use to get out his power, to get out his wisdom, using the Holy Spirit. And the reason for that is so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. If I just came on here and just my vocabulary was all eloquent and it what, you know, you know, I, I have some intelligence because God gave it to me. But the point that I'm trying to make is it's not about me or my wisdom. The things that I speak to you is... God gives it to me. 
he gives me an inkling. I go do the research. I do the studying. You definitely have to do that. You know what I'm saying? But God will give you what you need and he will make it work. And the whole point of it is so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man because people know you on a normal basis. He'll take the foolish things to confound the wise. He'll take someone who may have a learning disability and, and make them a preacher. He'll take someone opposite, put them in a different position, opposite of what their life looked like. Why? Because so that foolishness will confound the wise, so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That is the power of God. Right. So, like I said, Paul had private consecration with God. And so he was so he was able to have public demonstration and it wasn't to impress anyone. But in fact, as we read in first Corinthians, he said he desired to know anything, nothing about them except Jesus. I only want to know, do you believe in Jesus and what your experience is with him? I only want to know the testimony of God. Right. As to let them know who he represented it. Right. Just to know, let him know that they, you know, he was a representative of Christ. Right. And he would and who he was speaking from. Paul said he was with with them with weakness and trembling, much like we are in the face of adversity. But he knew through the power of prayer as a model prayer, he could get the power he needed to do what needed to be done. And I tell you, we should be model prayers and real prayers with our prayers <laughs> And realize that we have more power on our knees. We have more power on our knees. So I just need you to realize that if there's ever a time you feel defeated, because life will come and life will throw blows and we may feel weak and we may feel defeated. God says good because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. But the only way you're going to get to it is if you communicate with me and that if you trust me and that if you love me with all your heart, all your mind and all your all your soul. Right. So it's time for us to get on our knees. It's time for us to get in prayer time and intercede for one another and continue to sup with God, continue to rest in his peace. And sometimes you don't even have to say anything. I know we talked about speaking his word and praying and all that, but sometimes it's just about resting in his presence. How do you do that? You can open up and say, you know, have words, uh, you know, worship God in prayer. And then you can just be silent and just wait for him to respond. Sometimes he may, sometimes he may not. But just basking in his glory will give you that power as well to overcome life's challenges. Right. And even if you're not having a current challenge, pray and just thank God for it, for that time of peace. Right. Well, I love you guys. This is Wisdom Wednesday. I really hope that you enjoy this this segment and this this Bible study with me today. And um, thank you for listening and God bless you. Until next time. Bye.